Father, we thank you for the precious gift of being able to come into your presence and have our hearts conform to yours. That it's not about getting what we want, um, but realizing that you're all that we want. And it's in these moments that we desperately need to understand that, uh, that you're the treasure, you're the gift, that, um, man, we've been purchased back to you. Help us to continue to, um, to be overwhelmed by the wonder of what you've done for us in Christ that we would have childlike faith that continues to say, thank you for taking my time out, my punishment, my, the death that I was due so that I would have the life to be with you. So Lord, um, please sow the mission into our hearts today. Help us to know that, um, that we're saved to serve, that we're, we're that we're gifted to give, that we're blessed to be a blessing. Help us to, to know that this is what you planned, that, uh, that we're your masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which you prepared in advance for us to do. Lord, uh, let, us, uh, let us die to our mission so that we can live for yours. Uh, let us, uh, let us uh, lay aside our will so that we can truly call you Lord and follow you with every minute and day of our life. Father, uh, let, uh, let your mission just, um, just capture us so that we would, uh, that our story and song would be all that we want to sing and say. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, thank you, worship team. I know we got several members of our worship team that are out. We need to be in prayer for them. Um, Guys, um, are you sharing your story? Uh, more importantly, are you sharing his story? Ashley, I'm so glad to see you. What a joy that you are with us here today. Praise the Lord. Just celebrating that today. Are you sharing your story? Because the ups and downs, the bumps and bruises, they all have something to say about the infinite love and grace that God has showered over our life. Um, when, we're, when we're willing to be transparent about our struggles and trials, our shortcomings, these are the things that really testify to the goodness of God and to the mercy of God. And, and, uh, and people can so often uh, relate more to our, to our tragedy and our, and our, and our failures than they, than they can to our successes. And if we're willing to be transparent and open up our lives to one another and just live in confessional community, we can, we can really be an encouragement to one another. Um, and we can really help one another see what it looks like. Because I, I, I really don't think that God's looking for us to, uh, expecting us to be perfect. Surely, you know, we see Matthew 5, 48 talking about that we should, we should share his ambition for, for spiritual maturity. Be perfect as my heavenly father, as our heavenly father is perfect. But, but I think what really marks us as believers is that we are, that we w produce fruit in keeping with repentance. That, that we know that we have a God that has, that has paid the ultimate price in sacrificing his own son so that, so that we, can, we can continue to abide in him despite our, our brokenness, our faults, and our failures. And that's not a license to sin by any means. That would be a shame. That would, that would basically declare that we really don't understand the cost of the cross and the, and the motive behind it. But, but God doesn't want us to, to do what we did in the garden when in our sinful condition, to hide, cover up, and blame. 
because that just, that just continues to add to the brokenness around us. He wants us to just to confess our sins to a faithful and just God who will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And this is the story the world needs to hear. Not that the church is perfect and full of judgment, but that the, perf- that the, the church is imperfect, uh, grateful for God's grace, walk in repentance, and, um, and is so desperate for his love so that we can be a, a manifestation, an expression, a conduit, an instrument of the very things that are being given to us. And so we're blessed to be a blessing Right? God wants us to experience these things firsthand so that we can, be a, uh, we can be a reflection of those things. We don't have light in of ourselves. We're, li- we're much like the moon. We simply get to reflect the sun. And, uh, and we reflect the things that the sun has administered into our lives. As we looked at Ephesians 2, 8 to 10 last week, we're gifted. Like th- grace is a gift from God. We're gifted by God to be a gift to others. Right? Uh, we're gifted to give the way that God has given to us. We're saved to serve and to give our lives away for the glory of God. Man, that's a, that's a sanctifying work, man, because I know in all of us there's a challenge at times where, you know, we, we're still kind of rooted a little bit in our kingdom and our will and our way. And in order for us to have one mind about uh, the things of God, we have, to, we have to yield ourselves to the word of God. We have to yield ourselves to the Spirit of God, to the way and the will of God. Like that has to become uh, primary in our lives. And, and then when we find ourselves wanting our will, we, we yield and submit because that's what the bride does to the bridegroom and, and readmit ourselves to be the helper that Christ has purchased us to be. So I want to remind you of our series, our goal for the first five weeks of this year, and believe it or not, this is the fifth Sunday of 2018, and, and now we're at the, uh, the end of our five-part series, but the beginning of our journey together, uh, blessed to be a blessing. Our, our, our passion, desire, I believe God's objective for us as the, uh, the church this year is to be a blessing to our neighborhood. Uh, oftentimes we pray for St. Petersburg, or we pray for the world, or we pray for our nation. But until we start praying for our neighborhood or our coworkers, it really doesn't become personal. Does that make sense? Last week, um, we had a prayer night, and I was so thankful for those that came out. And we, uh, we, we filled out our, our sheets you know, that we have out here in the foyer, encouraging you guys to, uh, to literally you know, write out your neighborhood, your, your intimate neighbors, um, and begin praying for them. Begin asking the Lord how he might use you in order to be light and salt and love and life to them. And, um, and so we, we purposed last week to, uh, to pray over those and, uh, and to be real intentional. And um, so uh, I had a little bit of an advantage that as elders we prayed about, you know, what the Lord wanted us to do last fall in October. And so we've been kind of waiting for the unleashing of this theme for, for several months. And in that process, um, I had shared with one of my neighbors, Mr. Miss Parker, um, who's been on our street for since Eileen Epright was little and lived across the street from where we presently live. So 40, 50 years she's been there. And I said, you know, Miss Parker, who's a believer, I said, uh, Miss Carol, I, I really want to... I really want to see our neighborhood come to Christ. I really want to see, I, I really want to have a missional expression 
to, to those around me. And uh, I said, I would really lean on you for some, to get to know some of the names and some of the circumstances or, you know, and you, you know so many more people in the neighborhood because of your longevity. Well, a couple days later, Miss Parker came to me and gave me this. She had gone on the city web or the city site and uh, literally had downloaded and then written out everybody's last name, first names, children, the whole. I mean, that was like gold to me. I was like, really? Wow, what a treat, what a treasure. And now we're, she's joined me as we're praying for our neighborhood. And um, I share that with you because last Sunday night as we were praying, um, something happened to me. And, and I'm not going to be the same. Um, I was sitting right there at that, that table on the right side, and, uh, and I was just praying. I was, you know, we were just sharing prayer together, and I was praying, and, and out of my mouth came, God, would you save 52nd way north and in the midst of that like God just commissioned my I mean I literally started crying it was just I, I was moved and I'll never be the same over that I really I feel like something changed in me in that moment guys I want that for every one of you I pray that for every one of you that we would feel God's commissioning to our neighbors to our co-workers last week I talked about our Franks friends relatives, acquaintances, neighbors, and we didn't have a case, so that's co-workers, so Franks. Um, but if you would think through that and write out who are those people in your life and begin to uh, begin in prayer, begin praying and asking God, Lord, would you create, I, I know that you have a purpose to see me be a missional um, instrument in your redemptive plan. And, uh, and I really believe it begins with prayer. So I, I want to I share these with you. Our overall verse, and this is the close of our uh, initial thrust in this theme for our year. Um, you know, the theme, the overall theme verse is this. Uh, Genesis 2.20, says, he says this to Abram. Uh, God says, I will make you a great nation. And he's saying this to a man that had no children, a woman that was barren. She's 65, he's 75. They've given up on children. And he's, God's telling him, I mean, it takes faith to trust God of his word. Marty asked, you know, do you have assurance? Where do we find assurance? We find assurance in God's word. And, and, and that assurance comes when we believe God at his word. That what he says is accomplished at the cross and in Christ. And when we believe and trust him for what he's done on our behalf, like these, these assurances, these, this confidence comes. And Abraham took God at his word. And God continued and said this, I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I, I think we really need to be super attentive to the so that's in scripture. Because this is, this is the purpose. This is the why. This is the, this is the fruit. He says, I will, I will bless you so that you will be a blessing. And then we see a New Testament expression of this same peace, as I mentioned earlier. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. That's how we got here. Created in Christ Jesus, finishing radical, obedient work, good works, which God prepared in advance or beforehand that we should walk in him. So Christ was obedient to the work that the Father gave him so that we could then finish what he started. 
And then we know in the, in the, in the, in the great uh, commission, um, you know, he tells us to go. Oh, therefore, as you go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you, and I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. This is the mission that God has given to his bride, the church. And he's equipped us. Every gift that we're given is not for self-glorification or for self-promotion. It's really, it's there for his kingdom's work. And it's meant to be used in, in, a, in a real um, intimate, collective, unified way so that the world might come to him the way that we have. And that's the, that's the great mission that we get to be a part of together. And then he's given us his spirit to do it. And that's what he, I think he really meant when he said, I'll be with you to the very end of the age. No longer beside you, inside you, and now I'm going to empower you for this purpose, Acts 1.8 says, and we'll look at it in a minute, so that you might be witnesses. That you might tell your story of the experience that you've had with Christ. That you might express this glorious work that God's done in, in, in your life. And really, out of the mouth, the heart speaks, the scripture says. So really, what should be on the forefront of our hearts is this redemptive story that I am so unworthy of, but yet the, the God of the universe lavished his love upon me in order to show me himself and reveal his love in and through my life. So in this series, in this year, um, we begin with prayer. We begin in prayer as we should with anything. We see this as a, a thematic element throughout the scriptures that prayer is the origin of everything that God is doing because what God is doing is he's trying to show us his heart, his plan and intention. We've got to, we've got to begin there because otherwise we have a propensity to kind of either wander off or do what we want to do rather than what he's doing. And so we begin there so that God might give us his heart and that he might show us his plan and his hand and so a brief description of that is Jesus came to find those who were lost and to help those who were hurting. As we seek to join him in his mission, we begin with prayer, recognizing that we can only do this with his help and power. Secondly, we, we listen with care. We're so prone to talk. We're so quick to give our opinion. We're so, I mean, we're, we're living in a broken context and all of us, especially us guys, we want to fix and so we're, we can quickly open our mouth. I had someone say the other day that, you know, we're given two ears and one mouth on purpose and one of them can be closed. You know, like, uh, and so we see the, that listening is an, an expression of care, that listening is, a, is an expression of love. And when we listen, we learn, right? Listening is how we learn to, to know and love others. We, we get to hear their, their needs, their concerns, their hearts. And so... To bless others, we must, we must begin with listening rather than talking. Jesus often engaged people by asking them questions and loving them through conversation. When people are heard and understood, they feel safe, loved, and even valued. And then eating together. We like this one. For, for most of us, that's fun. I encourage you to come back after service today. There's going to be a wonderful meal, uh, I'm sure, knowing who's prepared it. And, uh, and I encourage you to be back there and join in the fellowship. This is an opportunity when we eat together to, uh, you know, Jesus constantly talked about this. Jesus modeled this for us. 
He ate, uh, he expressed covenant in conversations, in moments of meals together. And this is where he, God imparts himself to us and we should impart ourselves to one another. We live in a society that, that moves so quickly and wants to do things so fast that's absolutely, completely not beneficial to us. Do you know that you're supposed to, and I'm, this is a subtle tangent, but you know that you are supposed to chew uh, whatever you put in your mouth 20 to 24 times before you swallow? Do you know that that's the first step of digestion, that saliva is actually important in order to digest your food? Um, and I don't know about you, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm not even close, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and that's something that I think about, that, that you know, that we should, we should slow down and experience the, the, the warm moments of life, you know, smell the roses, but maybe having a meal that isn't um, just trying to shove it down our throats because we need to move on to the next piece in life but maybe sharing a meal with someone for the purpose of getting to know them and love them and listen to them and hear them. Uh, we know many a times we've talked about, man, I remember the days where our family sat around the table every night at 5.30. And at a, you know, these are, these are precious moments. And this is where family continues to share and engage and minister to one another and hear each other's hearts. So this is our, our concise piece on that. To bless others we seek was... To, to bless others, we seek, uh, cancel was, to share a meal together. Through simple act of eating together, we practice hospitality, building community, and deepening relationships. And so we have to be intentional about these, what we're calling missional practices, in order to see them come to fruition, not for, the, not for a strategy, but in order to join God in the mission of seeing others come to Christ. Last week, we talked about save to serve that uh, then these moments allow us an opportunity to serve others, that we should have our ears tuned to the needs of those around us so that when we hear those needs, we're quick to be the need meter. We're quick to ask God, let me be the one, Lord, please, to, uh, to serve this, this need in someone else's life. So often we're so consumed, maybe even in an, in an unselfish way in our own plans and agendas and our, our busy schedules, that we're, we're, our, our ears are not tuned to the moments of listening where we can actually find out what others' needs, concerns are, that we might actually be a source of uh, an instrument of blessing in their life. So serve with love is our, our fourth missional practice. And, um, and it says this, perhaps the most powerful way to bless others is by serving them in love. Jesus' ministry was characterized by service. We see it in Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And finally, this week, we come to this point, and we've sung, this is my story, this is my song. Uh, this, is, uh, this is the privilege, this is the moment that we've all been waiting for, that we would have the opportunity to share our story that's truly wrapped up in his story. And, uh, and so the hope is, is that we would be given the opportunity to give an answer for the hope that lies within us, the evidence that they've seen through our love and listening and caring and serving and so share your story. Once you begin building relationships and earning trust, look for opportunities to bless others by sharing his story of how Jesus is transforming your life. And so today our theme verse that wraps around that concept of sharing your story or more importantly, his story 
um, is this. And it's in 1 Peter 3. I'm going to pick up the context in verse 14. And it says this. But even, even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, that's really a theme in 1 Peter, uh, you will be blessed. For even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them. Who's that? Those that are the instruments of your suffering. Nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ. The NIV says, set Christ apart as Lord. Honor Christ the Lord. See, this is, this is, where, this is the heart or the character of the disciple, is that Christ is set apart as Lord. Like that's a prerequisite to us ever having the privilege of sharing the answer for the hope that lies within us. That Christ is already determined by, by the actions and the declarations and the decisions of our life. Man, Christ is Lord, meaning that he gets to call the shots. He gets to determine the ways that we go and, and the things that we do and when we do them. That we, we don't move uh, in our own agendas and plans, but that, we, that we're prayerful people that pray without ceasing because we're constantly asking the rabbi that we're following, this Jewish carpenter that went to a rugged cross, died in the sinner's place, went to a borrowed tomb, and rose again so that death would no longer have a sting and that we would no longer be separated because of our sin. Like this is a glorious, we get to follow him. We get to join him in the mission. We are yoked together uh, in this, this wonderful mission that God has for us to get out there and rescue humanity from their darkness, their brokenness, their shame and guilt. And, uh, and guys, if you've been a recipient of this, it doesn't make sense for us to do anything else with our life. I mean, it's like having the cure for cancer and keeping it to yourself when you know the world is all dying with it. it just, and the truth is, Jesus said this, and this is a sobering thought, that wide is the road that leads to destruction and many will find it. But narrow is the road that leads to eternal life and few will enter through it. And so, uh, man, you, you're going to be rejected. <laughs> you're, Jesus was. You're going to be ridiculed, persecuted. This is the blessed life. You're going, you're going to be made fun of. But our faith has to overcome our fear. Our, our, our passion to, to, to follow Christ and to honor God and to be a God-pleaser has to overcome our fear of rejection and failure. Because really it's success if we're willing to, by faith, be the instrument that God uses to speak his good name. I want to share a verse with you because this is super encouraging. Listen to what this says. This is in um, Luke 12. Um, no, uh, Luke 21. 12, uh, let me see where I'm going to pick up here. Luke 21. Uh, I'll pick up in verse 10. I mean, this isn't going to be on the screen. Just, just hear what this says. And this is Jesus saying this to his disciples long before his, well, not too long before his departure, but preparing them that they're going to be instruments in the midst of persecution, suffering, trials, and those things. But listen to what he says. Verse 10, Luke 21, he says, Then he said to them, Nations will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, and in various places, famines and pestilence. And there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, deliver you up to the synagogues and prisons, 
and you will be brought before kings and governors like Paul was in Acts 26. For my name's sake, this will be your, listen to what he said, this is what Jesus, this is what God says to us in mercy, in preparation. Verse 13 says, this will be your opportunity to bear witness. Opportunity. This will be your opportunity to bear witness. And then it goes on to settle this, to say this. Verse 14. Settle it, therefore, in your minds not to meditate beforehand how to answer. You ever struggle with that? What am I going to say to them? How am I going to answer? What if they ask me something I don't know? Settle it, therefore, in your minds not to meditate beforehand how to answer. For I will give you a mouth and I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and some of you they will put to death. You will be hated for all uh, by all for my name's sake. So I mean. Jesus doesn't pull any punches there. I mean, he's super clear that, that this is going to be a road marked with suffering, that, that Jesus was a forerunner in, in the example of what we would experience. But that shouldn't be the deterrent. And much like Moses, who was given a mission of deliverance, wasn't he? You know, but in that moment where the burning bush is not consumed, but, you know, curious sight, um, Moses instantly, when God gives him the mission of going, going out and delivering his people, which is the same mission the church has been given, with greater power, by the way, um, and, and, and then first thing that Moses starts doing is what? Listing his limitations. Well, you know, I am, I'm, not, I'm not really up for this anymore. You know, I, 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 I stutter. I, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and God says to him, who made your mouth? And goes on to say, I am, I am. Like, what he's saying is, this isn't your mission, it's mine. And it's not about what you can't do, but what I can do. And that, that we need to remember, that, that God's going to get it done. And that he's invited us in to be a part of it. And that's the excitement for us, is that we get to bless others the way that we've been blessed. But it's, I think it's important that we understand that, that this isn't, in some cases, as a, a text we're going to look at in just a moment, in some cases, they're going to be grateful and excited and baptisms, celebrations. It's, it's like Trevor and Emily's birth, a new, you know, born again, and we get to be a part of that. That's so exciting. But there are going to be moments, like Paul experienced in Acts 26, where King Agrippa said, well, Festus said to him first, Paul, you're insane. You've lost your mind. Do you know what Romans 1 says? Romans 1 says that the gospel has two different responses. The world says it's absolute foolishness. And those that are being saved, it's the power of God unto salvation. That's the kind of responses. I mean, they're going to be polar opposite. Sometimes it's going to be, wow. I mean, but other times it's not. And we need to be prepared for that. But I love what this passage that we're in here, here tells us. It not only tells us what to do and the heart at which we do it, but it also tells us how. Listen how it goes on. So it says, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared 
And let me mention this word prepared. Um, we don't prepare ourselves. We are prepared with the Holy Spirit. We, we, we've been given, like that passage I just read, we will be given the words at the time that it's needed. He will give us the mouth and the wisdom is what the passage said. And so that, that is a, that's a walk of faith, isn't it? Like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk in. Man, let me tell you, the countless Sundays, I mean, throughout my entire, you know, first thing I want to say to you because I need to tell you this. Um, I want you to know that when I, when I preach or teach, um, I want you to know that this is how God's wired me to love you. And that's my motive. I just, wanna, I just want you to know that, that I love you, and that's why I do this. But, but, but here's the thing, that so often when, um, you know, when, it's, when, 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 when all the preparation is done and all the prayer's done and, and it's time for this, I mean, it's, it's a pretty daunting thing to think that you're going you're gonna to share the gospel, like the good news of Jesus Christ, and the gravity of the, of the truth with people. And I tell you, that, you know the thing that, that, that gives me like crazy confidence? Is that God's going to do it. So really, sharing our faith is not confidence in me, which can really sabotage the moment. It's confidence in him. And he's been faithful to put his spirit in us, and he says, look, I'll do this. You just trust me. Because the world's at stake. People are dying. Guys, people are dying and going to hell for eternity. I mean, sometimes we don't want to hear that, but that's the truth. It's not just in this life. It's forever. And God has the antidote of, of Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ, that he died in our place so that we might, in this great exchange with the living God, that he might give us his righteousness for our rags. Like Jesus truly became poor that we might become rich. That he died the, the, the due penalty that was ours so that we might know the love and mercy of God. And guys, look, it, it does. It blows my mind that Jesus came to set the captives free. Like he came to rescue many, to heal the lame, to, to, you know, he did some awesome stuff. And basically he came to show us the Father in, in the most perfect way, and to demonstrate God's love towards us, and we killed him. We hated him. He wasn't even two, and the king wanted to take him out, right? His own town wanted to throw him off a cliff. Like, it makes no sense that he came to love, and we wanted to crucify him. Guys, people don't like their darkness exposed. Light is intrusive, and, it, and we, we'd rather extinguish the light than deal with our sin. That's the problem. And if you don't think walking in, man, please hear me on this. This is something that the Lord's impressed on my heart this week. Um, what we have to understand is this isn't a playground. So often we're going, we're going, man, I just need to have some fun. I just need to be entertained. We're, we're looking for, you know, the, the, the Bible says to us in Matthew 13 that, that, that if the seed can be planted in our heart and that the pursuit of pleasures will choke it out. The worries of this world, you know, the pursuit of pleasures, the, the, the desire for wealth. This is what chokes out God's seed even when it's given to us or planted in our life. And, and, and I say that to say this, that this is, this is not heaven yet. We're in a fight here and it's a fight of faith. And here's the deal. This is, this is a battle. This is a battle 
Like, let me tell you something. We're living now as, as those that have been given a kingdom and now are ambassadors of a totally different kingdom. Please understand something. We're living in enemy territory. We're ambassadors on foreign soil, and it's not going to be easy. Why do we have that perspective that you can live, that, that a Christian can live in, in Egypt, and, it's, and everybody's just going to be like, hey, I love you. No, they hate you. Jesus said, they hated me, they'll hate you too. Why don't we understand? And, that, and here's the deal, and this is the hardest part. You don't have to take it personally. The reason they hate you is because they hated me first. And the reason they hated me is because they hate my dad. And the reason they hate all of it is because they, they love their darkness more than they love the light. But shine the light. Continue to fight the good fight of faith. Put on the, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the, sho the shoes of readiness to the gospel of peace, the belt of truth, the shield of faith, and the sword of the Spirit. Guys, we're equipped for the battle. Like, we are equipped. Like, we've been given everything we need for life and godliness. I mean, it, listen, when you add God to any equation, it gets perfect. And what I mean by that is, you can't, like, God plus anything is still perfect because God is that perfect. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like bleach and, and dirt. What, you know what I'm saying? Like God overshadows our sin, our darkness, our shame, and then we get to be the light of the world because now the light of the world has been deposited in us as a guarantee of his sure return to claim his bride unto himself for himself. Like this is, guys, this is good news. It's crazy to keep this stuff to ourselves. I mean, there's, a peop there's people dying out there because I don't know about you, but I look around and I see hopelessness. I see sickness and brokenness. I see people that are d dying to know that they're loved and they belong. And that's at the core. That's innate to, the, to, to our broken nature, just to humanity. We want to know that we're loved and that we belong. And when God demonstrates through giving us his name, like we talked about this in Bible study on Wednesday. This is so rich. Like, it just, it just blesses me big time. Like, when Jesus talks about giving us his name, it's like, what it is, it's a husband giving his name to the bride. But who are we in the bride? Think about it. Like, what, what comes with that name? It comes provision, protection, authority. But it's bigger than that. It, the thing that, the illustration that God gave to me, it's like, it really is the Cinderella story. We are, we're, we're the, we're the orphan. We're the pauper. We've got this, we got this evil stepmother. The enemy, oh, you know, and we've got the, the stepsisters that are just, you know, they're just trying to tear us down, right? And, uh, but in the midst of that, Jesus comes into our muck and our mess, and he says, I want you, I want you to be my bride. And my daddy, he's going to adopt you as, 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 my, as my, my, his daughter and my bride. And, and, and then I'm going to give you, listen, listen, I'm going to give you my kingdom, because that's what my name comes with. Authority, power, love, provision, protection, and a kingdom. But guys, that kingdom right now, in this pledged mode that we have with Jesus, like Jesus is coming back for his bride. And there's going to be a huge banquet, a celebration. He's going to lift the veil and reveal himself fully to us. But that's not yet. That's coming. That's our hope. But in the meanwhile, we're living on foreign soil as ambassadors of a kingdom that is, that is planted in us, 
but it's not around us. And so they're not going to see things the way that we see things. They're going to think that the gospel, though it's full of power and authority to make old new and to, and to cause us to become righteous in our, that's crazy stuff. They're going to think it's foolishness, yet we know it's God's power to change and move us from lost to found, from darkness to light. Man, this is, this is good news. We can't keep this to ourselves. I mean, that's, that's selfishness on a whole new level if we're not out there sharing what God has done for us in Christ. And, and that, would be, that would be something there, but, but the truth is this is what God has called us to. This is the mission. You, this is what you're saved to. We know what we're saved from, but this is what we're saved to, the mission. And Jesus said, I mean, he said this. He said, you will finish what I begun like Jesus' ministry was a beginning to a kingdom that was called uh, the seed of a mustard seed. I mean, that would become the biggest tree, right? That's a picture of the, of the growth of the kingdom that would come through the willingness for us to not live for ourselves anymore. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Man, have you denied yourself, taken up the cross with the passion and the purpose to follow Christ with your life? to give your life so that you tr truly can find the life that we lost in the garden? Oh, feels like I'm born again. Feels like I'm living for the very first time. We sung that this morning. Don't you want that for others? Don't you want God to breathe his life into your neighbors, into your Man, we should never be apathetic to the gospel and the mission because we're recipients of this glorious gift. Does that make sense? Guys, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, my hope this morning is that this energizes and challenges and encourages you. You know, it, sometimes it's, I, I feel like I'm the most excited person in the place here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like, but I hope that this challenges and encourages you, man. Like my neighbors are dying and going to hell. Like that's not how we communicate this, by the way. You know, but, but that's, 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 what's, that's, that's what's going on here. And God has made a way. Look, God didn't send anybody to hell. That's, that's bogus. Look, we, we made a decision to disobey God as humanity, right? And then God in his goodness and grace and mercy, he, he developed a rescue plan. Christ was, was crucified before the foundations of the earth. Before we failed, God brought victory. That was his plan was already in place. And now in the fullness of time, at the pinnacle of God's providence, Christ was born, brought the full expression of his love, demonstrated to its full extent, died in our place, and then left de death, hear this, left death in the grave. Yes. And rose again as the firstborn among many brethren. He's the firstborn. Okay, I, I have to wrap this up. So here's the thing. Prepared, we're prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason, for the hope. That means they've seen the hope in your life through the way that you deal with conflict and adversity and pain and sorrow and persecution. And maybe they're the instrument of that in your life, but you're responding differently. That is in you, the hope that's in you, the Christ in you. Yet do it, and here's the how, with gentleness and respect. We should... We should bring this forward with great humility because we came not out of anything that we've done, but all that he's done for us. 
And then verse 20, or 16 says, having a good conscience, because that's how we, we, we make sure that we're not, we're not forceful, we're not hateful, we're not, you know, we're not telling people they're going to hell. I mean, we're, we're speaking the truth in what? In love. in love, right? Speaking the truth in love. Having a good conscience so that when, when, I love that, you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Listen, I, I saw this this week. I thought this was great. Your story is the key that can unlock someone else's prison. Guys, you ever thought about it that way? That, that, that his story ultimately through your life is the key that might unlock someone else's prison. Jesus came to set the captives free. We're blessed to be a blessing. Only God can turn messes into a message. A test into a testimony, a trial into a triumph, and a victim into a victory. That's who God is. That's what he does. That's the stories he writes. These are stories of redemption, and you guys have a story, and it needs to be told. Does that make sense? It needs to be told. So here's the big idea. God blesses us by bringing us into his story. We bless others by telling our story of God's grace. Listen to what John, the beloved disciple, said in, his, in, in the first letter. He says uh, in chapter 5, 11, 12, he says, And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. That's the testimony. That God has given us eternal life, and it came through the sacrifice of his only Son. Verse 12, whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Paul declared this as a statement of mission, personal mission. He says this in Acts 20, 24, but I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I have received from the Lord Jesus I testify to the gospel of the grace of God. That's, that's our mission. That's our ministry. So I'm going to show you a clip. And then I'm going to ask you this question. So I'm going to ask you now and finish with this question. What's keeping you from sharing his story? <laughs> 